0: Minister of Defense of Sweden, uh, Paul Jonsson. Uh, thank you for meeting Latvian public broadcaster. Thank
1: you for inviting me.
0: So we are here in uh, Tartu at the conference, annual conference dedicated to, to Russia, how to approach, how to deal with Russia, uh, organized by Baltic Defense College. Um, is Russia a threat to Sweden? There was a recent uh, uh, report from uh, Sweden that it's uh, actually the paramount threat to Sweden right now.
1: It is, and I think it is to the whole Euro-Atlantic community. And there are a number of features in the Russian international behavior that we're cognizant about. We take note that Russia has a very low threshold for the use of military force and that it takes great political and military risks.
0: A very low threshold.
1: Yeah, well, we see, of course, now we have a full-scale war when Russia conducted an invasion of, of Ukraine. But we've seen before as well, though, the militarization of Russian foreign policy. Of course, we saw it in Georgia in 2008. We saw it in Ukraine in 2014. We see that Russia repeatedly uses the military tool as a, as a matter of statecraft. We see, of course, a very close connection now between Belarus and Russia. We see that they intervened early in Kazakhstan and we have to take preparedness against that and of course the best way to do that is for Sweden and Finland to join NATO.
0: Sweden's approach and Finland's as well has uh, changed uh, Mm -hmm. since it was one year ago. Mm -hmm. Is there more threat from Russia to Sweden right now?
1: Well, uh, I mean, there, there are a number of ways that, that Russia can affect. Uh, I mean, Russia tend to work uh, with hybrid methods. We see disinformation operations. We see cyber attacks. We see cyber espionage. We see foreign direct investment into critical infrastructure, propaganda, etc. So one thing is we have to be better resilience against hybrid threats, and the other thing is that we have to be fully integrated into nato's common defense planning and we want to be also get uh, get be part of article five and that's about giving and receiving uh, defense guarantees i think it was very clear for us when the war in ukraine broke up we uh, broke out we noticed that ukraine was also a partner to to nato but if you're not part of nato nato supports its partners but it defends its allies I think that became clear and it was good that Sweden and Finland jointly and hand in hand have applied for NATO membership.
0: It's, uh, for years it's been said that Sweden and Finland, albeit not members of NATO, you are as close to being a members as possible. The cooperation is so tight mm. as with the organisation and bilaterally with different member states of NATO. So this is something that the security guarantees is something that... Uh, you are seeking for?
1: Yeah, I think it's absolutely vital. Of course it is to get Article 5 and uh, and that's uh, the core of NATO but it's also being able to be part of NATO's common defence planning. And of course we want to join the alliance so we can receive Article 5 but we also want to be a security provider in the region. Uh, My Prime Minister has pointed out that If there would be an interest from NATO, we would be able, for example, to participate in NATO air policing, in uh, NATO's enhanced forward presence, contribute to NATO's standing maritime forces, for example. So we want to join NATO also in order to be able to strengthen NATO.
0: So it's also the sharing of the information. There's some things that NATO and Sweden would not share right now. being being close partners?
1: There there are some limitations. If you're not part of Article 5, you're not part of NATO's common defense planning. Mm. And that puts some limitations into our ability to cooperate with NATO on the military side. So when we have common defense planning, we can integrate the region, Sweden, and will provide strategic depth to the alliance and it will make, make the... Defense of the Baltic states and Finland easier if Sweden is fully integrated. In addition, Sweden uh, has uh, important assets and capabilities that we can strengthen NATO. We have a that quite strong, we have a right strong. Quite strong uh, Air defense with Patriots, we have uh, almost 100 Gripen fighters, we have submarines, we have advanced uh, surface combatants, we have uh, advanced artillery systems, tanks, and so forth. We also have a quite vibrant defense industrial base in Sweden. There's no other country in the world of 10 million who can... Produce fighter aircraft and submarines, for example, and we also have a quite strong intelligence community and Russia expertise. So, so we th- we hope that we can make NATO stronger, and it's absolutely critical.
0: Now, uh, is there any practical preparations you need to do? I mean, one is the intelligence sharing in terms of technicalities. The the, the um the fight, jet fighters you have, uh, for example, I read that uh, you have the jet fighters, the Saab ones, which mm-hmm. at some point were uh, something was changed there, so they are compatible with NATO.
1: Yeah, uh, listen, we, uh, Sweden and Finland has been NATO's closest partners for, for two decades. We participated in almost all crisis man- management operations that NATO conducted in Afghanistan, wings over Libya, Kosovo, and so forth. We also participated in almost all exercises and we have a high level of interoperability but right now you, since we received invitee status in july we've been working quite extensively with nato's common defense planning and then we're learning things and we're the full integration of sweden politically and military that, that will take some time and we're learning and we're been great help by by uh, by uh, both latvia and estonia and lithuania and Norway and, and Denmark as well, and to guide us through this process of NATO's common defence planning. But it is important that we all be stronger and safer when Sweden and Finland joins NATO.
0: Now, NATO all in all has been welcoming Sweden and Finland, uh, its apl- application for the memberships. Uh, we in the Baltic states ratified that quite quickly. There's still an obstacle, namely uh, Turkey. How do, you, how do you plan to overcome that obstacle, mm. the, Turkey's objections?
1: Well, uh, what happened in Madrid in July was that we received an invitee status and that was based on consensus among all all 30 allies. And The issue is not if we're going to join the alliance, but when. And then, of course, we have a trilateral MOU between Sweden, Finland and Turkey, which we are working on implementing right now. And uh, we think we are ready for it. At the same time, we have respect for the fact that this is a national decision that uh, has to be made in Ankara, of course.
0: Is Sweden and Finland still planning uh, to join together?
1: Yeah, we started this journey hand in hand, and we've been. And in 28 out of 30 allies have ratified the Swedish and Finnish application in the record pace, and they've done so jointly. Of course, it's two applications with its own merits, but when it's been subject to parliamentary ratification, it's been dealt with at the same time. And of course, we want to continue this journey together. And we think it makes good sense if Sweden and Finland can join at the same time.
0: Now, uh, returning to to Russia, the the common concern we have here in the Nordic-Baltic region, Mm -hmm. uh, there's been sanctions, uh, uh, there's been lots of things uh, we've done in the West also to to deter russia to make it leave ukraine in your mind is there something more we should do that hasn't been tried yet
1: mm-hmm. well we just passed the tank sanction package just uh, last week and i think that was good i mean the key for us to be successful here is to maintain transatlantic unity and the eu and nato has never Cooperated as closely together as they done in the run-up and during the war, and I think that is crucial. I'm also grateful for this has been a strong U.S. leadership during the when the war broke out, and I think it's good. We have uh, well over 100,000 U.S. soldiers in Europe, and that's good for European security. In addition, also. NATO is, is strengthening its uh, deterrence and defense agenda. We are strengthening military deterrence in, in all the three Baltic states and Poland. That's also absolutely necessary. So I think we're on the right track. I think unity is going to be key. And the other factor, of course, is to supporting Ukraine as long as it takes And supporting Ukraine is not just about helping the Ukrainian people. And that's important that we do that. And that's a matter of of decency and standing up for international law. But it's also investing into our own security. Because if the worst thing would happen, that Russia would win this war, it would have disastrous geostrategic military and security policy consequences. So so supporting Ukraine is also investing into our own security.
0: In your mind, why did Russia... Uh, started the full invasion in Ukraine last February?
1: Putin did this because he wanted to do this and because he thought he would be successful. That's what it comes down. This was a war of choice, not a war of necessity. It comes down to the fact that a free, prosperous, and independent Ukraine—that uh, that's a threat to, to Russia and is a threat to Putin because that's that's a power of example that another future would also be possible in Russia. And and if you are running uh, the Russia like Putin is, you know, these kind of of, uh, of examples are dangerous to an authoritarian regime like Putin's.
0: It's about regime survival.
1: I mm. think so. I th- think uh, that's, uh, that's the name of the game for, for Kremlin right now, is, is to stay on in power.
0: Now, you yourself were personally in Ukraine in December. You went to Odessa, you went to Mykolaiv, uh, to the south of Ukraine. Mykolaiv just a few months ago was right not far from the front line, 20, 30 kilometers, uh, still under threat from Russian uh, uh, strikes. Uh, your impressions there?
1: very inspiring to meet uh, ukrainian soldiers i met the force commander who who organized the uh, general who organized uh, the defense of nikolaev and uh, what he said two things that were really uh, made, made an impact that uh, the success of the defense of Nikolai was based on the cooperation between the civil defense and the military defense. The other thing he said also was it was extremely important for them to get Western weapons. What we see is a great ability of the Ukrainians to absorb these weapons and use them successfully. And it makes a difference. Uh, so I think uh, the will of the Ukrainian people to fight and their ability to quickly absorb and make use of Western uh, platforms is absolutely crucial.
0: Now, Sweden just a few days ago um, took this decision to send uh, 10 Leopard uh, German-made tanks mm. to Ukraine, which they are in need of, uh, along with other systems, air defense systems, on the top of the things you've sent also before. Uh, how long are you ready to support Ukraine in, in, uh, in sending the, the, the military equipment them?
1: Uh, We will stand behind Ukraine as long as it takes because this is the right thing to do and it's a smart thing to do. And there's different ways that we can support Ukraine. As as you rightly notice, we're sending leopard tanks, but we're also sending our combat vehicle CV-90, Uh, and then we're also sending uh, artillery system Archer. So right now we're focusing on the land domain, and that's really crucial for the Ukrainians to regain their territory and their independence and their freedom. But there's other things we're doing to support Ukraine as well. We have to step up training, for example. We contribute to EU Ukraine, which is a training mission that by the EU in Poland and Germany, we contribute to a training mission Interflex in the United Kingdom. We're soon also going to be doing the de- mining training in, Li- in Lithu- Lithuania. We have to do more on the industry side, make sure that we have a strong s- defense industrial base that can provide security or supply to to Ukraine, not at least when it comes to ammunition. And uh, we also have to make sure that the Ukrainians actually can buy uh, platforms and systems and make sure that we have an industrial landscape that can also provide Ukrainians with advanced weapon systems. So there's many things that we can do.
0: Uh, do you think uh, fighter jets should be one thing that we should send to Ukraine as well?
1: Mm, I don't exclude anything for, for the future. And uh, uh, I think that's important. But uh, it's difficult for us now to send the of fighters that we're using right now for the territorial defense of Sweden. Uh, because when I look at the Russian military capabilities, they're severely damaged when it comes to their ground forces. They lost more than half of the tanks. They lost hundreds of thousands of soldiers. They lost a lot of their long-range weapon capabilities. But when it comes to their naval assets and when it comes to their air, uh, when it comes to their fighter aircraft, they're, they're pretty much, they haven't been as shaped. So, it's, so we have to make, uh, uh, take that into account when, when we support Ukraine.
0: No, uh, we, if we return to, you mentioned that the, the Baltic states, uh, Sweden, I uh, understand there's already more cooperation since uh, last year mm-hmm. in terms of uh, defense, the military, how can we cooperate? Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how do you foresee how this cooperation could, between Sweden and the Baltic states, evolve mm-hmm. in the coming months, in the yeah. coming years?
1: Well, that's why I'm here to to listen uh, and to keep a a dialogue with Estonia and I'm looking forward also to, to go to Latvia and Lithuania because it's crucial. Uh, if i would say one thing o- on the russia assessment uh, the people of the baltic states were wrong when many others were and uh, no sorry the, the people of the baltic states were right when many others were wrong in their reading about russia you, i mean they proven uh, now russia with a full scale invasion uh, what the kind of political animal putin and he says so so thank you for for providing that given your historical experience. The other thing is when it comes to defence planning is it's going to open up new possibilities for us now to deepen our defence cooperation in the Nordic-Baltic area due to the fact that we're going to have a common defence planning and and the whole region, Nordic-Baltic region, is going to be integrated within the uh, helm and protection of NATO and Article 5. And uh, that's going to make it easier for us to deepen our cooperation.
0: And how long do you think till Russia is not a threat to our region anymore?
1: Well, uh, right now I'm I'm actually rather gloomy in my outlook. My reading, unfortunately, is that we have to prepare for a long war in Ukraine. Russia has failed to accomplish any of its political and military objectives so far, but it's not signaling that it's going to be scaling down in its ambitions. So what I think we have to do is keep our powder dry and, and make sure that we build up a credible deterrence uh, and defense against any possible Russian invasion in the future in order to, to enhance our security.
0: Paul Jonsson, Minister of Defense of Sweden, thank you much. Thank you.